Another beautiful day in paradise. Uh, welcome back in, however you found me on Apple Podcasts or any other streaming of, of this wonderful program coming to you from the uh, Blue Wire Studios here at the Wynn. Hotel, resort, and casino. It is hot outside, people. It is hot. It is only 11 o'clock in the morning, and it is already in excess of 100 degrees. My kids are at gymnastics. I dropped them off. That is indoors. I dropped them off about an hour ago. And uh, that's how they're choosing to, to uh, spend their day. I'm choosing to spend my day with you. So thank you for, um, for being with me. And I didn't mention Spotify because most people find me on Spotify and I appreciate it. But the reason why I brought up Apple is because it's going to be a big part of the program today. MLS has announced a new deal with, with Apple TV. and. I'm going to go through it with you. There's a great article that's, that's come out that's really enlightened me. That's uh, Sam and Paul over there, Tenario and Stasco. Those two guys do a pretty good job of covering Major League Soccer. And is reported that MLS has signed a deal for 10 years, $2.5 billion. Okay. Now, if you believe that, then you also believe that David Beckham made $250 million in his contract. You know, the, the league has a tendency to do this. They, they, they like to throw a big number out there to, to make you believe that this is a big deal. And, and, and certainly it is. I, I, I will say this, and I'll give Don Garber a lot of credit because he did have to come up with a new creative and innovative way to get uh, the product out there. And this certainly does that. I'm not poo-pooing the deal. I'm not at all. Uh, but it does change the landscape of the world uh, when it comes to soccer and when it comes to the, the broadcasting of the games, getting every game every, with no blackouts and all that stuff. But the impact that this is going to have on local broadcasts and the actual networks will be interesting to monitor over the next couple of years. Uh, and I will get into that because I do have, you know, 20 years of experience in, in the television industry. I know how these deals are done. I know that sometimes we like to accentuate how much they actually are worth and how much you actually make on these kind of things. But you would be really silly as a soccer fan out there, to believe that this has nothing to do with the NFL. It has everything to do with the NFL. And I will explain uh, in, a, in a minute here. The other big piece of news, I guess, before we get into some matchups and, and maybe some of the, uh, the transfer news, is the World Cup cities were announced. And it's fairly interesting. Let me go through them for you. So Seattle is first on the list. San Francisco Bay Area, which I think is a great decision. There's some great stadiums up there, and it certainly is a great little piece of the world. Los Angeles, of course. Kansas City. Kansas City and Dallas. They get in. Houston gets in. Kansas City and Dallas. I don't know. There's this family called the Hunts. They, they might have had something to do with that. Atlanta. No Orlando. Atlanta. Boston. Philly. New York City. Miami. Again, I like it, but some people got snubbed here. And I'll go through that list in a second. Mexico City, Monterey, Guadalajara. I always have to say it that way, right? Don't you have like a, a Hispanic or a Mexican friend that always says that? When, when they say Guadalajara, they don't say it like Guadalajara. <laughs> they just don't. They always have to throw that little twist in there. I got like five friends like that. Trust me nuts. Actually, it doesn't bother me at all. I don't know why I said that. All right, Vancouver and Toronto uh, are the last two on the list. And I, I guess they had to figure out um, the reasoning behind that. Now, who got snubbed? I, I certainly would throw this list, Chicago being number one. Chicago gets snubbed out of a World Cup bid. 
I'm not entirely sure what the details are on that. Detroit doesn't surprise me as much. Minnesota doesn't surprise me as much. Montreal, Baltimore, and Denver, I guess, are the, the ones that made a strong bid that were, were not, uh, not let in. And the wonderful, beautiful city of Las Vegas will not be a World Cup venue. Now, I get that to a certain extent, but I will also explain it. I've already mentioned one family in the Hunt family, but I also think that uh, uh, the Kraft family, a big reason why Boston is, is in there, and if you've been paying attention, it, it's almost like you know the Kraft, Bob Kraft has been attached to Infantino for the last couple of weeks for very good reason, trying to explain to him or coerce him into believing that the... Uh, the, the wonderful city of Boston is deserving. And, and look, I, I get it. It's, it has its, its history. But when you start talking about why Orlando's not in here, it starts to get tricky. All those people. I mean, just imagine what Orlando could have. The last time was 94, the, the World Cup was in Orlando and the people complained about the weather and, and whatnot. And I get that part. Going indoors is a big part of why Atlanta won that bid. And I think you could certainly say the same with Houston because that, that stadium is wonderful. And if you start looking at the flight plans, you start looking at major airports, I think that has a, a big piece of this. The only one that doesn't really fall into that category would be the uh, Pacific Northwest and San Francisco. Uh, that's, that's a, you know, you fly into San Jose, San Francisco. Have you ever been in San Francisco airport? Yeah, if you were there, you probably were there a lot longer than you expected to be. It's almost like this black hole. You, you, you land there and then you just wait for that light to stop or the, 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 the time when you're supposed to leave. Uh, to stop turning red and getting changed uh, over and over again. And that's, that's weather. That's, that's unpredictable. Small, and that's not smog. Uh, fog that will roll in on you, which I understand. But th- this, this has been an interesting week on the political side of things. You know, looking at, at, at this Apple deal, and then, of course, coming on the back end of, of what just transpired with the World Cup cities and the announcements that were made there. Now, I, I'm... I don't want people to think that I'm trying to create some conspiracy theory here, but this is the way the world works, folks. And if anybody is out there that thinks that Major League Soccer is its own little entity and it's growing and it's getting better and is not completely and entirely controlled by the NFL, then you're just a dummy. You just don't get it. You haven't figured it out yet. There's a reason why we start our season when we do. And we finish right up against the people who are controlling us that don't want us to have our own signature final. Because if soccer ever gets its act together in this country, it could have the potential to surpass the NFL on certain levels. And the only way that you can prevent that from happening is to control it. And that is what is happening. It's, it's not like I'm, I'm, I should be sounding like some crazy guy. with I, I'm just explaining to you the way the world works. Now, that rolls straight into this Apple deal. To say that it's a 10-year, $2.5 billion deal is fantastic. And, that, and, and if I, I'm going to go through Paul and Sam's uh, article because it, it does a really good job of explaining what exactly this is. And it, it announced on Tuesday, it was, it was beating what's called a groundbreaking news broadcast deal with, with, with Apple, that according to the industry sources, I don't know who those people are, the tech giant will pay a league a minimum of $2.5 billion 
over the course of the next 10 years. And MLS Commissioner Don Garber is at the press conference saying this is a historical day, or a historic day, I think is what were his words, for the league. And it sets up a substantial increase of broadcast revenue and a new partnership with Garber called one of the most innovative and customer-focused companies in the entire world. That's debatable. We think our league is perfectly positioned for the new evolution of how people watch live sports. Very smart. There's no one is denying that. You might, you might refute some of the numbers here, but this is, this is a very smart way to go about it. This, this whole deal is going to start uh, or commence in, in next year, in 2023. But it goes on. It's a, it's, here's another quote from Garber. And with its new partnership with Apple, we're going to deliver our fans every match, everywhere, anytime, anywhere around the world without any restrictions and or blackouts. Now, I, I like this. A lot, but this is really a rebuttal or a, a, a throw it back in your face to the, the major networks who were not ponying up the dough in the first place to get, a, get the number where it needed to be. We've said in the, in, in, over, over many years that the, the dif- what, what differentiates a league like the EPL, for example, is the fact that they have a television deal that pays incrementally each team and they have a wonderful deal that uh, exists for the FA Cup, which allows smaller teams. This is a different model. I get it. This is single entity. This is franchise. You buy your way in and it's a kumbaya. Everybody shares. But in the, in the real world of football, when you, there is a success story, for example, in, in the EPL and or in the FA Cup, those games pay directly to the team involved. So when you see some little team in the middle of, Buckshit nowhere, England, Birmingham somewhere, but oh, in a meadow. Those people are jumping up and down because they just got Manchester United, which means their stupid little club is going to be on TV and there is an obligation of the television networks to pay these people. And thus, the club survives another whatever. They actually can afford to get better because of one silly game where somebody drew their name out of a hat and not somebody else's. Did anybody get the uh, Birmingham with the O in the middle? That's how they talk over there. That's, it's honest to God. I, when you go from Birmingham to, you know, a little bit more North, you get, and then you go back to, to, to London, it just gets weird. I, that, but, but if you've ever been there, you'd understand that, uh, that analogy or that reference to somebody who speaks the English language very differently. But let me, let me keep going here uh, because this agreement, in my opinion, and this is why I really like it, even though we don't exercise the idea of promotion and relegation and we don't really honor um, our, our club system where, where there is a, a merit-based success story of a team that gets its act together, finds some good players in wherever they are, there is no territorial restrictions on that that they can build a business and they're allowed to do that and everywhere else in the world except here. And on a merit-based success story, like a small little club, let's pick one. You know what? I just talked to my buddy, Martin Vasquez yesterday, who's up in Central Valley Fuego. That's the name of the club. They're in the, they're in the USL and they're starting to get their act together, middle of the table right now. But let's say my buddy, Martin Vasquez gets it together, finds some Hispanic kid uh, who nobody knows about, and the guy's amazing. And he starts scoring goals left and right, and then they get a goalkeeper, and then they have a good team, and that team comes in first place. And then that team goes into the Open Cup, and 
beats Seattle, beats San Jose, beats Salt Lake. And now they find themselves in a position where they could win the Open Cup. First of all, and I hate to break this to you, that there are so many forces that will be against you because it doesn't fit the narrative in a franchise system. You're not expecting the AAA baseball team from North Carolina to beat the Yankees. And you actually never want that to happen because it says, oh, that's real competition. So our country is actually saying we don't want that. But let's say they did. That would mean that Central Valley Fuego would end up representing the United States as a whole in the CONCACAF Champions League. And they would have to be awarded money by the Federation. I think that the going price is $300,000 is what you get. Now, remember that buckshit team from nowhere in, in Birmingham? Those guys get $6 million for just getting their asses kicked on live TV. And they celebrate the hell out of it. But you got to go through hoops. You got to jump. You got you to gotta really get lucky. You need lightning to strike three times in the same spot if you're going to beat somebody with the referees against you and the whole damn world saying, don't let these guys win. At least the, 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 you know, the competition over there in Birmingham is going to be on the merit. It's not going to be, we're trying to cheat these guys out of it. They're probably not good enough anyway. But the system is flawed. Now, the only reason why I like this Apple deal is it's actually going to, and this is, this is, this is kind of, you know, the You Got Mail story, you know, the, the bookstore that, that everybody loved to go to and Meg Ryan's cute and, and, and Kinnear's working there and, they, and, and it's great and everybody in the whole city knows about it. Then all of a sudden the big company franchise moves into town and you're out of business. That's kind of what... Major League Soccer represents. I referenced territorial rights. Most people don't understand what that means. What that means is that you bought the franchise and with your money, for some reason, Don Garber gets to be in charge of geographical decisions. He gets to say, nope, this is our business and you're not allowed to open that store in this area because there's already a store that paid us to be here. Phoenix. Phoenix Rising. If you're in the if you're in the USL and you wanted to you wanted to have play in that league, one you can't get there on on sporting merit, and two you're never going to be able to be able to pay for it because somebody else got there first. Somebody put their flag in the ground. That means they own it. It's so different. But Apple TV has decided in this wonderful deal that that they've put together that they are going to, and this is. This is the part I'll read out of uh, Sam and Paul's article, which, which was very well done, guys. I got to get on your podcast. You guys are silly. I was watching that uh, just, just now. Basically, Sam, because I, I wanted to get your name right, because yeah, you're worse than me. I mean, everybody mispronounces your name. But anyway, Apple will show every single MLS regular season and League Cup match starting in 2023 and continuing for the following 10 seasons. The deal will also include select games. That's, that's some vague verbiage there, but, you know, select games from MLS Next Pro, MLS's developmental league, and MLS Next, it's Academy Circuit. Now, that's kind of cool. 
And, and I think they're absolutely right. The, 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 the landscape of how people watch soccer in this country, in the world, is different now. We, we're on our devices. No, no one really is getting on TV. Nobody has to go find a, te- a TV anymore. And, and the way it works, whether it's Peacock, what they've been able to do with the APL, a lot of people, that's how they find their football on Saturday morning. You can actually just commandeer your TV and hook it up. And what you've got, you know, whether it's ESPN plus, or you got Peacock or whatever game you want to watch, you could program that into your TV and now you're watching or on your device or your TV, but you're not involving a network. And that's how things have changed. But unfortunately, all these games will we have access to. I just wish they had more meaning. I just wish that in, in, in this in this world of, of, of soccer, that, that when we watched these smaller teams, we were actually allowing them to celebrate their own cultures and whatnot, but have the sporting merit to achieve greatness. And they, and they don't. They get on TV and Don Garber gets to say, you're welcome. But that's it. That's it. There really is no light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, the light turns off once that game is over. And when that game is over, that was your moment in the sun. It's over. I'm going to keep going on, on, on this article. The company will build an MLS streaming service within the Apple TV app that will house all MLS matches and related content. Okay. Fans will not need to subscribe to Apple TV Plus in order to subscribe to the MLS streaming service. It will be a standalone service within the Apple TV ecosystem. Now, here's the best part. The exact price of MLS streaming service is yet to be determined. Man, if it's, if it's worth $2.5 billion, once you announce that, it's not like you're trying to recoup your money. You should be all right. So when, when you start putting a big number on that, people are going to say, whoa, 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 what about the $2.5 billion you got? Why do you need my 19 bucks per game? So be careful there. I'm not saying it's going to be 19 bucks a game. I don't think it will be. Apple TV matches will not only be broadcast in English, a source of knowledge on the deal. I love how they reference these sources confirmed to The Athletic, which if you're not paying attention to The Athletic, it's kind of like our own little little rumorville. Uh, and, and, but most of the time they get it right. On Tuesday, The Athletic reported that every MLS and League Cup game on the Apple TV platform Will be, a, will be broadcast in Spanish as well. Now, select matches, mostly involving um, CF Montreal, if you don't know what that is, that will also air in French. French. Uh, the league also uh, plans to show matches in Portuguese by the year 2025. All right. I guess our um, Brazilian contingency is growing. All right. So will games still air on networks like ESPN and Univision? That's the question that it's, it's, is for most people who want to get their, their, their football traditionally, that's, that's another question that you might be asking. So MLS made it very clear on Tuesday that the league remains in negotiations with linear TV partners and other U.S., both in Canada and in the United States. Sources with knowledge of the talks. I wonder who these people are. I wonder if they're in Birmingham with the O in the middle. I don't think they are. But the people that have knowledge of this we're not authorized to speak about this publicly to the athletic that the league is in negotiations with ESPN and Univision. 
Those two networks and Fox, of course, have held the U.S. national TV rights for MLS since 2015. But this, this deal changes a lot of things. And for those of, you know, if you start doing the numbers on this, uh, MLS did say this. It is worth noting that the MLS ratings on ESPN uh, have remained overwhelmingly, even despite the incremental growth over the last decade. ESPN has averaged only 292. I don't even want, I don't know why you would mention those 500 people, but 292,500 viewers for the 2022 MLS broadcast over the family of networks uh, through 14 games in 2020. That is no change. I really don't think that's much of a change. Let, let me see here. Uh, the full season average in 2021, and, and look, that was a weird year to say the least, is 2073, 300. It's good that we got those three. If you're going to mention the 300, where's like the 12 or the 14 or the two? You might as well get them all in there. I don't understand why they did that. It is not clear whether those linear partners would produce the games, or whether they would take a global feed from MLS. Huh. The way many global broadcasters actually take the feed from the Premier League, it's not, it's not going to be the same, if, if, if I'm being clear there. Uh, I guess the, uh, the Sports Business Journal also reported on Tuesday uh, the same thing, that there remain in discussions with Fox to the broadcast games beyond the expiration of the current deal. But uh, the way it used to, it has always worked in the past, is when, you know, it was almost when the league started in 1996, it wasn't almost, it was the deal in 1996 that if you wanted that ESPN, MLS was actually buying the, the time off of ESPN. They were paying ESPN. <laughs> it was the other way around. That's what kind of property that used to be. So when people look at this and you say, all right, you know, is, is Apple going to pay MLS a minimum of $250 million per year for the next 10 years? Is that really the way it's going to go down? Do they have the capacity to do that? Is this, are the numbers actually going to add up? Do we know that, you know, all the, 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 uh, the fine print of this, this contract? No, we don't. And, and those numbers might change, but um, it's interesting. It's interesting. It's, it's, and I do like the fact that we are going to go to places and we will have the ability to view games on Apple, which uh, we normally wouldn't. Um, that's the, just the, the logistics of that alone, um, because most of the minor division teams, if you're going to call them that, first, second, and third division, whether they go from NISA to USL2, USL1, USL Championship, uh, all of these clubs, as, as we have grown, have, have, have broadcasting ca capabilities. The question now will be, is who's going to work those games? If all these games are happening simultaneously, and it is, uh, let's, take, uh, let's take my buddy Ian Joy, who I, I love listening to. Is he still going to cover NYCFC games? Just curious there. Is, is Brian Dunseth still going to be the broadcast face of Real Salt Lake? Is Tony Miola going to continue to do the Chicago games, the voices of, of these clubs. Now, Shep Messing has done a great job over the years with, with uh, Red Bulls. Love listening to him. Great storyteller. Great story. If you don't remember Shep Messing, he was one of the, uh, he was on the Cosmos. He played with Pelé and, and Canalia and the gang. He was uh, he's a funny character. He posed on, um, 
in Playgirl, by the way. I, I, I've never seen that, and I hope I never do, but uh, that's another thing that you'll find on his resume. <laughs> I actually hope that magazine no longer exists or that picture has been somehow eliminated from history. Sorry, Shep, I don't want to see you naked. But you know, th- there are guys like that who do a phenomenal job for their local teams. And that inside information that you have to have when you are, now take, take the, the fact that it might not be the most, you know, unbiased opinion when it comes to the, the calling of a game. However, that inside information is really important to fans. To, to, I, I spoke to uh, Ezra Henderson this morning, and, and this is what he told me. That doesn't sound like it's going to exist anymore. They're just going to call the game. So there's no real insight. There's no real storytelling. That's the reason why I brought up Shep. Because fans are, 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 are really important people that when it comes to the fabric of a club and they put their heart and soul into something, they actually want to know more. And some are more proactive than others, but they get that information from their local broadcasts. And if those local broadcasts are going away because they just can't sustain if this mechanism actually works and everybody's just sitting on their their uh, devices, it really changes things. It does. I do think that there was a, a very smartly um, uh, component to this deal built in uh, referencing the, the season ticket holders and giving them some preferential treatment, which is very smart. But um, if we're looking at this broad strokes and the way that this has been presented, it's a fantastic deal. It looks great. Aesthetically, you look at it and you say, wow, the league is growing. There's a lot of money, $2.5 billion over the course of the next 10 years. This opens up a lot of doors, blah, 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 blah. Whether you believe that number is real uh, or not, uh, it, uh, it, there will be a transition. And uh, the repercussions of this might, might change the way that we view soccer forever. And it might put a lot of people out of jobs. The last piece that I would offer, and I think this is important for everyone to understand, is this has literally nothing to do, or is the numbers that they're throwing out, whether they're real or not, will be minuscule when it is compared to the deal that will, in the very near future, be coming out with the NFL. Don't think that the Hunts and the Crafts, who are in big time involved in, in making sure that they're their, their cities uh, were rewarded with a World Cup venue, aren't very intimately related to this deal, meaning they'd like to open that door for the NFL to have something similar because they have to recognize how people are watching the NFL as well. And though these numbers, again, as big as they sound and whether they're real or not, in the real world of, of, the, of the accountants who are actually privy to the real numbers of these things, those two people have two different jobs. And trust me, the NFL guys have an extra zero, maybe two zeros attached to their book work when it comes to comparing it to Major League Soccer. And that's okay, but don't be naive. Don't think that Major League Soccer is not continually controlled by the folks in the NFL because they are. And they will never change. And again, the schedule. Go back to the schedule. It's the reason why that we play when we do. And you could argue about the numbers until you're blue in the freaking face. But right now, right now, as we speak, we should be, 
we should be in the middle of a World Cup. It, it usually dictates your summer in a World Cup year, where you're going to be, where you're going to watch. But this is, this is a screwy year because we're going to be in Qatar and it's going to be at two o'clock in the morning. And everybody's going to be walking along. The soccer people will be walking around like zombies because they've been up for hours. I'm going to be going to sleep at five o'clock in the afternoon so they can catch their team play at two o'clock in the morning, whatever that comes in, whatever. And that's going to be on the broadcast. That's not going to be uh, streamed on Apple. But I would say this, when it comes to this deal, this deal, it, it will actually end up burning Major League Soccer because of their schedule. What I mean by that is when you want to start looking up your games, your MLS games, Apple's not, you know, we're going to be the, the, the secondary uh, client in, in the room because the real, the real streaming of this will be in the NFL. And when the Apple deal happens two, three, four years from now with the NFL, again, Major League Soccer, which should be finishing its season in May or June, where they actually have a window, they can go up against uh, the, uh, the indoor games, if you will, basketball and, and, and hockey. I mean, there's a very small niche group of people that are watching the, the Stanley Cup playoffs. They, 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 there just is. And that number is very similar to the number that if you look at how the MLS has, has not really grown that much. But we just, fit, we just saw the end of the, the NBA finals yesterday. And it's over. As far as the, the NBA is over. If, if, if Major League Soccer did things right, they would have figured out a way to have their signature weekend. They could have a signature weekend in the summer when actually people wanted to, to go outside and watch an outdoor event. But we are going to play, I'll predict this now, in the snow in December for our final. And it might be the case that there'll be a much more important NC2A football game the same day that everybody else will be watching. That's not conducive to growth. And the NFL folks know that. Going up against the end of baseball, right? When actually baseball is, is relevant, and most people will tell you that. Football, collegiate football, and the NFL. You can talk about these numbers till you're blue in the face. You're still going to be dealing with a very small group of people who are finding it on their device. And 2.5 billion is probably not an appropriate number. All right, real quick, because I want to go through, go through this and I got to get out of here because they're kicking me out of the studio. But uh, I would say this. Yesterday's performance by Steph Curry was something that I went and watched it with my son. And when he did the sleeper, that was one thing, right? When he told everybody to go to sleep, the guy changed the game. I watched it with my son. I, I try to do this with my son. My son's not a basketball guy, but I wanted him to witness greatness. And that's what Steph Curry represents. I, I just wish, because the guy could, he's kind of like Mookie Betts. I mean, he could play any sport. He could play golf. He could play basketball. He could, be, he could play baseball if he wanted to meaning Steph, but I, I know that, that Mookie Betts is a damn good basketball player. They're just amazing athletes. And this is that, that, that narrative of people that always say soccer will never get there because the Mookie Betts and the, and the Steph Currys of the world are playing other sports. They're not playing soccer. In other countries, they would have been soccer players. 
That's kind of what my son said yesterday and it, and it, it stuck with me. He said, dad, who is the Steph Curry of soccer? And I said, I don't know. And he said, there's just nobody out there that's that accurate, that can shoot that accurately in the, in, in the sport. And then I started talking to him about the game and it occurred to me that a guy like Tatum, for example, he's like the Ronaldo of soccer. He's got a move. And if that, doesn't, if that move doesn't work, he's not going to make the shot. And what was funny, and most people don't know this, is Wiggins actually used to be coached by the guy coaching Tatum. So the reason why Tatum had such a bad time is because he knew all his moves, man. It was like he read the playbook. See, Steph Curry doesn't have a playbook. The difference between Ronaldo and Messi is that Messi is going to make it up as he goes. In certain parts of the field, Ronaldo's got a certain move and if it's going to work or it's not. And whether you're prepared for it or you fall for it or not. Messi makes it up as he goes along. Steph Curry makes it up as he goes along. And it is. It's probably the most beautiful thing you could see if you can get over the idea that, yeah, he's going to shoot from 40 feet sometimes. He just doesn't care. And guess what? It might go in. Either way, I, I am out of here. The beautiful people of the world are walking past on their way to the, the casino. Uh, just outside my window here of, uh, uh, of the studio. And I got to get on with my day. I, I suggest that you do the same. Thank you for making me a part of yours. And as I always say, continue to be kind to each other out there. Be good people. Respect each other. Accept each other. And that would be uh, a pretty damn good start. The summer has started. Start to enjoy it. I know I'm sorry we don't have soccer to, and we don't have a World Cup. Uh, we'll figure out other things to do. But in the meantime... If you get bored, keep listening in. We'll hear you next time.